and my wife told me she wanted to go visit the lady she cleans for. She cleans for an older lady in her 70s, not much older than us. And she heard that that lady went back in the hospital and was struggling. And all of a sudden, we're just in the car riding. My wife gets a beep on her phone, and they said, Pat passed. He's gone. My wife said, I'm so sad. I wanted to go one more time and talk to her about Jesus and make sure that she was going to go to heaven because Becky was witnessing to her the last couple of years. She just couldn't accept that. She just couldn't buy into the fact that she needed to personally ask Jesus Christ to be the savior of her sin and her life. Six people, just a couple months. Nothing happens by coincidence, not a single thing. You didn't come by coincidence this morning, and you know it. You are here by God's design because he has something to say. I don't. He does. And oftentimes when you're the pastor, you will go with what God tells you you should do. In fact, my wife prayed it on the way to church this morning. Keep my husband off of tangents, but if he's supposed to go that direction, let him throw his notes out. I feel God has something very specific to say today. Very specific to individuals who've been here repeatedly and still have not accepted Christ as their Savior. Or maybe you're here for the first time. Somebody told me this week they thought it was wrong that we would connect our political views to our religious views. And this is how I look at that type of thing. I seriously look at it like this. I only have one view on everything in life. It is my world view. The world view that Gary Peterson has is that everything is connected. Everything is connected. Every single thing that happens every single day is connected. It's the strangest thing that you'll say to yourself, I can't believe I'm in this scenario because it seems like I've already been here before. It's because God is after you. Do you believe that? He wants you to be fully alive and you're, you're limping through life. You're limping through life because of fear and all the things that are happening in your life and you're wondering where God is and I assure you, God has not moved, we have. You didn't find God, he found you. You didn't find your spouse, God found your spouse for you, if you're walking in the will of God. In the very beginning, it says in Genesis 2-7, then the Lord God formed man from some dust out of the ground and breathed into the, the breath of life into his nostrils and the man became a living being. It seems to be a trend now that most people are having their family and relatives when they die, having them cremated, because it's way cheaper. Came from dust, and you go back to a little urn of dust at the end. And it doesn't matter whether you have your body actually placed in a grave, in a box, you're still going to return to dust. We just don't realize that that period in between your conception and death, God wants you to be fully alive, and he's after you today. He's after you. He's after you. 
You came in here thinking this morning, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know where to turn. I don't know how this is going to happen. My marriage is in trouble. I, I, I have so many questions. And I assure you this morning that God's desire for you would have you get out of the pits and realize how much he loves you. And it will change your perspective on everything. I, I want to take a commercial break here for a second and show you a video that just drove me crazy all week this week. I wanted to send it to everybody, but I'm not a big techie person. And it is political in nature. So if that offends you and, and you can't handle it, maybe plug your ears and close your eyes for about a minute here. We have a representative representing our state, Michigan, the Detroit-Dearborn area, where there's the large, or I think it's the second largest Muslim popula population in our country. We have a representative who was elected by those people to the Detroit area, to our Congress, and is very proud about the positions that she holds. And is, she is on the list of people that are emphatic about impeaching our president. Nonsense. There's a bigger picture. Yeah, there's a much bigger picture, and it's coming to your neighborhood. Because if you don't realize what's happening in our country, you have your head in the ground. Over the last two days, 20 people in a shopping mall in El Paso, where you guys are from. Kellen Fry is home. It's not Fry anymore. It's something else. What? Rodriguez. They have the cutest little boy and got another one in the furnace. Whatever they call that thing down there. Beach ball ready to pop out. Fiery furnace down there. <laughs> Summertime, it has to seem like a furnace. <laughs> anyway, of all things, of all things, listen, this is how the dots connect. They're here, and in their home city, and you probably know the mall area because he's a police officer, he might have been actually called to the scene of the crime. Somebody shot 20 people, and it was a kid from a very rich-looking neighborhood. I opened my computer this morning to read scripture for the morning, and a guy has shot and killed nine people outside a pub in Dayton. Was it Dayton? Yeah, Dayton. And my wife said to me, what is going on? I said, it is God slowly but surely showing us what is coming. That's not to be doom and gloom. I say this, where is the Christian world, where is the church in response to what we see happening? Silent. That's where we are. Silent. I want you to look at this video because Ina, I, I couldn't get it offline and Ina got it offline. I hope it's the right one. You got to hear it from her lips. Education is one of the most important areas that Muslims have to address. And while our objective, our final objective, is not just to become part of the system that we experience now and that we see, our objective, our final objective, is to create our own Islamic systems and not only create Islamic systems for Muslims, but to look at all the other people who are sharing this country with us as potential Muslims. And if we look at them as potential Muslims and feel that we have the obligation which Allah has told us to try to bring them into the same style of thinking, into the same uh, way of behaving, into the same objectives that we have, 
then we have to have some way that we can communicate with them and some way we can work with them. And in that long-range process of making America Muslim, all of America Muslim, then we have to have some actual short-range goals. We have to have some way of dealing with them and know how we're going to deal with them and in which ways and be very calculated about it or else we will not accomplish our goals. That's her speaking out of her own mouth. That should scare people. That is our congresswoman from the other side of the state who represents us and calls this their country, converting people to their religion and their country. This whole thing, all this terrorism has to do with Islam. It's not just random. It is Islam. It is their system of belief that we as Christians have to decide how we're going to respond to. And there are some that just say, well, we should be out to win the Muslims to Jesus. I agree. We should be out to win our entire country to Jesus. Here's the problem with the church. The church is sleeping. You are sleeping. You can't even remember from one week to the next what I spoke about last week. It's like you're just talking to people who want not to be bothered at all. I love what it says in Colossians 3. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. If you want to live and be fully alive, you must first die. You've got to die to be alive. Die to self. Yes, you have to die to live. It says in verses 4 and 5, When Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Are you following me? Are you following God here? I'm kind of winging it. I haven't looked at my notes yet. God have mercy on us. The fact of the matter is, when you don't die to self, the flesh rules. Has an uncanny way of ruling your mouth. Gossip and slander and bitterness and hatred and blame start coming out. It's everybody's fault but the one who's really responsible, and that is the enemy. We are not enemies. Understand that. We are not enemies. 
The devil wants to make us think that it's a brother or sister at church or your parents or your kids or somebody who did something to you and they're the enemy. That is not true. Satan is the enemy. Satan is responsible for false religion. If only Christians lived as the Muslims live, with a passion to change our nation, we must take back our own country. We, ladies, and I say this specifically because it's happening in our church, stop talking. Stop gossiping. You think it doesn't get back, it gets back. You are destroying your own families. It doesn't work. Stop the bitterness and the hatred. Yeah? Bitterness gets you nowhere. I guarantee you, your worldview is changing if you're not walking with God. My oldest daughter and her husband don't come to church. I would pray that they'd come today. I pray every, all the time. We love them. They love us dearly. But my oldest daughter hasn't been to church in a long time. My wife and I were discussing this. Her worldview has completely changed. That's why you don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You need brothers and sisters who can actually talk into you. Am I right on that? You need the body of Christ. Her view has changed on abortion. Her view has changed on how many husbands you ought to be able to have or wives you ought to be able to have. Her view has changed on many things. I won't even argue with it because I'm not arguing with her. I'm arguing with the devil. Let me just say this to every parent in here. You are choosing your children's path by what you let them listen to, how much video garbage you let into their lives. Those boys didn't just shoot people for no reason. They're living their fantasy. Are you following me? Look at who is doing the killing. They're sitting at home playing video games day in and day out and raping and murdering as if it were really them until they acted out and played that part. There were two teachers that were once applying for the vice principal position of a local high school. One had been teaching for eight years and the other one had been teaching for 20 years. They both applied for the same job. And for certain, the lady who had the 20 years of experience thought she would get the job. That just seemed natural. And the guy who'd only been teaching eight years wasn't gonna get the job, but that's not what happened. The school board actually voted the person with the, the least years into the position. And the teacher was furious. She was so mad, she complained bitterly. She said, I've got 20 years of teaching. I'm vastly more qualified. And this was the response from the school board. Yes, ma'am, you do have 20 years of teaching to his eight. But where his eight years experience, uh, I'm sorry, get my brain working here yes sir you do have 20 years of experience to her eight and i got it flipped but there she has eight years experience and you have one year experience repeated 20 times there are people who've been christians for years that are just like those teachers you should be setting the example to the younger generations 
because you've been a Christian for so long. Are you listening? You never talk to people about Jesus. You are never the mature one to shut your mouth and stop gossiping. You set that example. Do you realize your kids are listening? Your kids know where your passion is. I will guarantee you whatever you allow in excess, your kid, excuse me, in moderation, your kids are going to do in excess, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's talking. It doesn't matter if it's evangelism. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you are doing in moderation, they are picking up and taking out with them into life. Our kids are only with us for a short period of time because life is a vapor. Are you praying for me? Because the devil doesn't want me to, to share these thoughts with you. Hanging in the U.S. National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C., is a series of four paintings by Thomas Cole. The series is called The Voyage of Life. Each painting depicts a stage of life. Childhood, youth, manhood, and old age. Four stages. The first painting is of childhood. It shows a mountain with a dark cave at its base and a river flowing out of the cave. A beautiful timber boat slides out of the cave into a world of lush vegetation. Flowers in bloom and a peaceful, gentle surface on the water. Inside the boat is a laughing baby with a guardian spirit standing right behind. The painting shows childhood as a time of wonder and joy. The second painting is called Youth. And we see the same boat now traveling further downstream. The baby has grown into a teenage boy. He stands in the rear, confidently steering the boat towards a majestic white castle off in the distance. The river banks are still lush and green, and the guardian spirit stands on those banks, watching the young man boldly chart his course. The painting shows youth as a time of dreaming and absolute self-confidence that nothing can hold back. When we look at the third painting, the scene has changed dramatically. The youth has become a man. The river has become a raging torrent, and the sky has become dark and threatening. The castle of dreams is nowhere to be seen, and the boat's rudder has broken. Up ahead lie treacherous rocks, with white water crashing all around them. The man in the boat is caught up by forces he can't control. With the rudder broken, he cannot steer his boat. All he can do is look up to the sky and pray. Meanwhile, the guardian spirit sits hidden in the clouds, Cole is picturing adulthood as a time when the joy and wonder of childhood have been tamed by the difficult and tragic experiences of life and with the confidence and boldness of youth have been swept away by the harsh realities of life. And the finding, final painting, number four, is of old age. The battered and weathered boat has finally reached the ocean. The dark clouds remain, but the water is still. The boat's occupant is now an old man. And his gaze is fixed firmly on the clouds out there in front of him, clouds pierced by the glorious light of heaven, the light pierced by angels coming to and fro. And for the first time in his life, the man sees the guardian spirit that has accompanied him on his journey. It comes, takes him by the hand, and prepares him for the journey. That's how fast life moves. Just like this, all the time, really. You're in the room and you have a, a baby. They have this little baby, they're innocent and looking to learn and, 
and setting patterns for their future because they say that everything you need to learn, you learn by the time you were in kindergarten. I just, I say this, Spirit of God, please talk to all of us in the room. Please, God, your kids are already off course, and you know it. I heard a man say it on the news after 20 people were shot in that mall. I heard a psychologist say this. Kids don't need a parent that is their friend. They need a real mother and father. Are you with me? You don't need to be your child's friend. You need to be their parent. And sometimes that means you're done with video games. You are done with that attitude. You are done with acting like you act to other people. Are you with me? And by the way, moms and dads, the decisions you make do affect your children. So stay married. Get over your whining and complaining and talking against your spouse. It does no good. Pray. Pray and stay. Because sin will always take you further than you wanted to go, cost you more than you wanted to pay, and keep you much longer than you wanted to stay. Oh, this was just going to be a little passing thing in your life. This was just going to be a passing thing that you picked up but it actually changed your entire life, and now you're lost. You don't know where to go. You, know, you have no direction in your life, and you're trying to figure out what to do, and God is out there, and he's saying, I really want you to be fully alive, and you just don't get it. I desire for you to be all that you could possibly be because every person in this room, every single one of us has a story. I read the names of six people who died in the last month or so. Six real people, and the moment they died, because I've done my share of funerals, the moment they died, there was no coming back. Right on the other side of you coming up missing here is the reality of eternity. You better be on the page. Instead of gossiping and slandering and talking against other people and being mad at the church, every week there's people mad at me for something. Instead of being mad about something, use that energy, channel it for God. Take that energy and put it into use for the kingdom of God, bringing other people to Christ. Most of us have this attitude that no one's listening to us. But our identities are actually rooted in our connectedness. Erwin McManus says that our identities are rooted in our connectedness. Oftentimes I think to myself, do I really have any friends? I'm not alone on this. I think most men have no true friends, and most women wonder if they have any friends. We long to belong. You notice long is in the word belong. It's a long obedience in the same direction. Your tribe actually reveals your identity. All you have to do is look at a person's Facebook and see who they're friends with, and it'll tell you a lot. And all you have to do is look at who's making comments and who's liking them, and you'll, it'll tell you a lot. Your tribe will reveal who you really are. You see, we know ourselves the best when we're known best by others. 
it's true. You know what that means? It means this. You need to share with other people so that they'll hold you accountable. Let them in because that's the way God designed it to be. I'm positive about this one thing. I'm positive that Jesus is coming soon. The stage is set for the king to come. But not everybody that you think is going is going to be there. Not everyone. Not even all of your family. The truth about you is, why would you want to go to heaven if you don't even want to serve him while you're on this planet? If you're not interested in him while you're here, why would you want to go to heaven? Because it's going to be an eternity of that. Step up to the plate. People of God, our time is short. We don't have 10 years as a nation. They're all predicting all those ridiculous Democrat candidates for presidency of the United States. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. Get rid of planes and trains and automobiles and, and our houses need to be torn down so that everything could be blah, blah, blah with the environment. I do believe that God wants us to be sensitive to the environment around us. I do. He made us to live in this environment of health. It says in Romans 8, we know that the whole, the, that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. This is what's going to happen. Very soon, Christ will come. Christians will disappear. The Holy Spirit will be gone from the earth. We'll be lied to, those of you that are left. You'll be lied to, it's some alien invasion, something happened, blah, blah, blah. But all these Christians have disappeared. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of all those Christians is no longer here. And we will go through a seven-year period of tribulation. We will go into from that a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ where he comes to the earth. And then when it's all said and done, there's a new heaven and a new earth. And it goes all the way back the way God designed it to be before the fall of man. Creation is groaning for Christ's return. You know what you're groaning about? Whatever. Your spouse, your kids, your parents, your state in life. You find yourself groaning unhappy, unsatisfied, and wondering why. Why am I so unsatisfied? It's because you're disconnected from God. It's because you are hanging with people who are disconnected from God and thinking it won't infect you, not affect, infect. My wife, the only one with me? Your friends will determine who you are. Yes, they will. Ladies, you have paired up with the wrong person because all you do is gossip, and God can't bless you because you are trying to take matters into your own hands. And God says, you need to shut up and let me do what I want to do. Men, yes? You know who you are. 
You're so bitter about life. Your husband is never going to get saved or right with God with you being so bitter. Our kids will never change if they don't see a long obedience in the same direction. Because the Bible says if you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will come home. There are tons of prodigals, aren't there? Some of us were prodigals. Yes, yes, yes. There are tons of prodigals out there who are looking for God to care about them when he really does. They just have associated with the wrong people. They want to be heard. The world we live in seems to be more connected and more separated than ever. All you have to do is say, yeah, do you remember so-and-so? And the next thing you know, your kids are on their phone and going, yeah, he's on Facebook. Blah, 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 blah. The world is more connected than ever. I was raised in an age back, I graduated from high school in 1969. I'll be 68 years old tomorrow. I, I was forced to read the book 1984 by George Orwell. How many have read it? Several. 1984 seems so far away in the 60s, and everything was going to change so much. Big Brother was going to be watching us. I guarantee you Big Brother is watching us right this second. Yes, he is. It all came to pass. You can't be in this building without them knowing you're in here. They're watching. This is not just some hyper um, ex extreme thinking that it's not possible they could see all of us. They do see all of us. We're more connected than ever. But Job said this, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are that I am in right now. God cares about me. Do you guys over here need to know that God cares about you? Yes or no? God cares about you. You think that somehow God has left you um, without an answer, and God says, no, the answer is right in front of your face. Right in front of your face. It's facing you right now. Stop living in the flesh and pray. Pray. We all need to pray. We need to pray because God loves us and wants to answer our prayer. Am I right there? You see, this is what's wrong with today's world. I, I, I don't see how anybody could vote Democrat. And you say... He's back to politics again. I can't go there because he talks about politics. You, how do you disconnect politics from your worldview? Are you following me? It is not even possible to disconnect what's happening in our world to my worldview. The Green New Deal. Are they brain dead? Are they from some other green planet? Are they Martians? Fact of the matter is they're getting by with it. We are a generation that has given over to reprobate thinking according to Paul's words in Romans 1. Am I right on that? He says, I'll give, if that's what you want, I'll give you over to that. If you want to bicker about your spouse, I'll give you over to problems. Yes. If you want your kids to go wild, I'll let you do that. Just go for it. 
You don't need God in your life. We got it all figured out. We take without respect. We consume without gratitude. We own without responsibility because disconnection has serious consequences. Yes, it does. We take without respect. I am not one of these, let's be one with everything. Wake up. Oh, what happened to me? You're in the trance of the enemy. He's got you thinking stupid thoughts. You're one with a tree. Do I think we should respect? Respect nature? Yes. And I'll guarantee you something that you may not have thought before, but God wants to return nature to what it was intended to be in the beginning also. It's just not us that's going to have a new body. It's God is going to return man and nature back to it was pre-fall, and I'm going to be there. You're going to be there? I'm going to be there because my worldview is going to take me all the way to that. You are listening to garbage from people who you know, and they may be your own family. You know they're on the wrong page, but you would rather kowtow to their garbage than telling them to shut up and get back on the page. She hasn't said that in ages. <laughs> Honey, the... No, you, you haven't said that's right for a long time. If you've been in the church with me for a while, you know Becky always goes, that's right. Aren't you, seriously, aren't you excited that you have somebody who loves Jesus? Because I have a wife who loves Jesus. She was already in bed when I finished studying last night, and I got in the bed and I just thought, oh, I just have to, I just have to tell her some of these things that I'm feeling inside about my sermon tomorrow and, and where I'm at. And she just gladly woke up and we just started together just pray. Woo, God is good. Uh -huh. Best birthday present I could ever have is my wife and my kids and my family and a grandbaby and another one on the way. I'm so blessed. Max Lucado years ago at our Promise Keepers convention, I've said it a million times, he said it's not about you and it's not about now. And I just looked at it, and it says 11, 11 a.m. You ever see that 11, 11? It's kind of spooky. It's like. <laughs> spooky. 11, 11. I don't know what that means. It's just kind of spooky. It's like, this is a sign. And all the real serious, like, Baptist people, because I'm one of them, so I can say this. They're all like, he's kooky. He's like just off the charts kooky. For Jesus, yeah. Not for Cocoa Puffs. I'm kooky for Jesus. Where are the kooky people for Jesus that tell people at work, stop talking against my president. I really like him. Stop taking my Lord's name in vain. I really love him. Why are we the silent ones when those four kooks called the squad are espousing their crap? It's from hell. It's not just because I'm materialistic and greedy as an American. It's because I happen to love the freedom to preach the way I want to, and they're taking it away. And they are determined because they're passionate. Are you following me? Notice she's not wearing her little stupid black hijab, whatever it is, that's got to be sweat underneath that thing like crazy. They take it off and knock their husbands out from the smell. 
Have you noticed, seriously, have you not noticed how many Muslim people are in Grand Rapids now? It's like we're being taken over. Uh, you say, well, you should respect the Muslims. If they're a devout Muslim, they are our enemy. That's a, you agree or not? That is a fact. That's not garbage. That is a fact. It was Irenaeus who said this, Irenaeus. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. If you don't remember anything else today, remember that phrase. The glory of God is man fully alive, fully alive, fully alive. You're pumped about God. God says that the greatest glory that he could possibly get, the greatest glory is when you become fully alive for the kingdom. You stop worrying about everything and surrender it to God completely. He takes the fear away. John said it. John said this, I have come that they might have life and might have it abundantly, and we live like sour pickles. Yeah, the Baptist people, I'm on the Baptist today. Us Baptists, legalism is bred within us. The reason why we don't dance, smoke, swear, drink is because we're afraid of what everybody else will think. That is not a good reason to do what you do. There she goes. I'll share the pulpit with you, hon. I know many times she has to be thinking, you just need to sit down and let me take over. You following me? Do you know Becky at all? Maybe you're visiting our church right now. Please come again because it will be just like this. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious about this, people, heart to heart, because I love this church. We need to open our eyes to what God is trying to do. Nothing is happening coincidentally. It's not. God is in all of it. God is in everything that is happening. When we become connected with the body of Christ, we become a powerful force for the kingdom, I promise you. I'm convinced that when God originally set creation in order, he desired that the whole creation, everything that he made, would remain connected. Communication is important to stay connected. And in the word communication is the word communion. You can't communicate when you don't have communion with the other person. We can't communicate to one another when we're not friends, when we're not connected, when we don't act like the body of Christ, when we bash on our brothers and sisters. I'm telling you this right now. I don't have any enemies in this room. Are there enemies out there? I'm the enemy of Islam. I'm the enemy of Islam because God is the enemy of Islam. I'm the enemy of all the tricks of Satan to discourage and destroy me and you. I'm the enemy of the one who's responsible for all the garbage that is going down when, when a kid goes into a mall and shoots 20 people. I'm the enemy of Satan who made that kid think he wasn't loved or something. You realize how important a father and a mother is? Are you following me? Is that correct, police officer? 
He's a police officer. He's there. there. Kellen was a, he was like a highway patrolman, weren't you? What were you called? State trooper. Kellen was in my wife's kindergarten class. My wife said it yesterday because we went over and kind of hung with them a little bit. She said she was just the sweetest, smartest girl in the whole class. She became a state trooper. She's the only girl that could wear high heels with a straight tro state trooper uniform on. I've always said it about Kellen. She had the uncanny mix of being real girly-like and still being able to be a state trooper. But I guarantee you, as is the case with Jody and Kellen, that their parents are godly people. They're godly people that have stuck with the word of God and it pays off. And by the way, don't think that that means that your kids will never stray. That is not true. No. We all, I say this because I got to close here, but we all do this. We all get away from God for a while. Maybe a day, maybe a, a week, maybe a month, maybe maybe 10 years. And I've shared my testimony multiple times and I just think, but for the grace of God and the connection of somebody else. And I wanted to read the whole chapter of John chapter 9, but I'm not going to. But I want to make a point here. In John 9 and verse 11, it says, The man who is called Jesus made clay and anointed his eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed and I received sight. The Pharisees were mad because Jesus performed a miracle on the Sabbath day. And they came to him and they were looking for a way to destroy Jesus. Because Satan is always doing that. Satan's always doing it. And they went and they questioned this guy. They said, you were blind from birth. How can you see? This has to be evil. The guy has to be evil that did this. And so he went to the guy's parents and he said, what do you think about this guy? Is he really a prophet? Is he really from, from heaven? Is he really God? Or, and they said, well, we're not going to say. You should go talk to our son. Because they knew that whoever said would be in trouble. Religious people are great at destroying the work of God. And Jesus said this, For judgment I came into this world, and those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? There are blind people in the room this morning. i got to close, but I want to say this. There are blind people in the room. You cannot see through your scenario because you're not a Christian. You don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So you're constantly frustrated about things because Jesus is not actually living in you. When we connect with other believers, we become a powerful force for God. Yes? When we connect as believers, we become a powerful force for God. Correct? That doesn't sound like it. When we connect as believers, we become far more powerful than any four women espousing their garbage trying to take over our nation. Yes? Yeah. Aren't you excited that she said that? I brainwashed her. Are you guys happy that she said that? Is she listening? Are your kids listening? Are they watching? 
They're watching, aren't they? They know. If you have this half-hearted idea about God that, oh, we do our hour and a half on Sunday because he's so long-winded, but at least he entertains us. At least he's extremely handsome and stuff like that, you know. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? At least he looks skinny if he doesn't turn sideways, you know. But if he turns sideways, you can tell. I actually think God has a great sense of humor. He's way nicer than you think. He's way more forgiving. Oh, God, and I am not ashamed to say this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's powerful, is it not? It brings people back. Yes, people who have strayed, it brings people back. It brings people who don't know Jesus into the presence of God to know him. God is so powerful. He is interested in you. Is he? Wherever you're at, what stage, what phase, he is interested in you. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Spirit of God, fill this place. What song is that? What? Spirit breakout. That's the one. Yeah, we don't have it in here. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to break out right now. You have something that you've nearly given up on. Just about. You think it's never going to change. And God says, no, I'm going to give you victory. I'm in the process right now in this room, in this place, right this second. I'm in the process of changing this because these people are going to make the right choice. Am I right? Just go like this if you agree. You got something that's been there. I'm not going to ask you to say what it is. But you got something, and you need to ask yourself this question. Do I really want to get well? I've strayed. I've strayed, but do I really want to get well? Do I really want to see something happen so I can stop talking about this thing that doesn't seem to be going the way I've prayed? Do I really want to get well? I'm not giving up right now. I am asking God to change this. Anybody in this section here? Okay, only if you're absolutely positive you want change and you're going to pray until it happens. Stand up. Because some of us are in the 40 days of prayer, okay? All right. Anybody else back here? Anybody else have anything that you want to see change? Right here, this group. Not so much, okay? What about this group right here? Anybody have something powerful that you need to see change? You're not giving up. You're going to pray until it crazy breaks through. It's been bugging you over there. Anybody over there? has something they want to see change. It's on your mind and in your heart all the time and, and all over the room. It's on our minds. It's in our heart. We need to connect with God in prayer and believe it. Right now, I pray in Jesus' name and all of your authority, God, that the process, the process would begin of you going to that situation right this second and bringing change. Amen. Sit down. Close your eyes a moment. Anybody in the room that says, I am not, I am not, honestly, Pastor, I am not absolutely certain that I'm going to go to heaven when, when I die. I have no certainty about it. Raise your hand. I'm not positive. I'm thinking about it, but I'm not positive. Anyone in the room, this is your opportunity. I can't see. Yes. Okay, there's a, a young man back there. Um, this this. 
praise band's going to sing, but I need somebody to, yeah, just go over and, and talk to him a minute. Case, can you do it, Casey? All right. That, that, look up here a second. That young man, who I don't know, dared raise his hand because God had an appointment with him today. There are others. Last week after service was over, I was out in my car waiting as I usually am for my wife who has to fellowship with everyone in the entire church. And Josiah got in the car, who's second to her in that. And I said, where is your mom? The parking lot is empty. He said, I don't know. Just then the door swung open and she came out and said, where were you? Very calmly, as I always do. <laughs> no impatience in my voice at all. I said, where were you? What were you doing? I was leading a lady to the Lord in your office. In all anger and malice and bitterness and impatience left me. That guy held the door open for somebody else. Right there. Two. Not trying to be melodramatic. Father and Holy Spirit, they're not the only ones who need Jesus. You didn't come by coincidence. You came because I thought through what we would talk about today. I went with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is working on you, and you're really thinking about this because you will not be in heaven if you have not personally asked for Christ's work on the cross to cover your sins. You must do it. It happens in a moment in time. Anybody else want to be bold enough to put your hand up? doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. We're all going to be together in heaven. Anybody else? Hmm? Come on, he said. Come on. Two guys now accepting Christ. Don't leave today without being sure. You don't even know you'll live another week. Right? Spirit, lead us. Praise man, come quickly. We'll sing our way out of here. We have three minutes left before 11.30. Really, if you visit here, you should know that I always plan to get out at 1.15. or 1.15 is more like it. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of laughing here, a lot of praying here, and a lot of loving on each other. By the way, while they're coming, we haven't had a worship night for a long time. Tonight is worship. It's just one hour of total worship. If you have a prayer, come be anointed with oil. Get prayed over. Otherwise, it's a whole raft of old songs and newer songs that we're, we're singing in the presence of God. Come tonight, 6 o'clock. There's pizza and ice cream after.